a Voice of St. Louis original podcast. Well, we've got all the angles of the cold weather and the impact it's having covered for you, as well as the latest from Cardinals Winter Warm-Up. Today is Monday, January 15th. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top local story, one person is unaccounted for after a fire in a four-family flat in North St. Louis. When firefighters arrived, heavy smoke was showing from the building in the 4500 block of Althone. This particular family has been a friend of my family for more than 40 years. Captain Garen Mosby. Which means that uh, there was about waist high, just a lot of content in the building. Mosby says by the time they were able to go into the building, they encountered a hoarding situation and could not locate a person. The St. Louis County Jail had a pipe burst on the top floor yesterday evening. According to County Spokesman Doug Moore, detainees held where water had leaked did not have to be relocated. We had some volunteers who were able to immediately mop it up and uh, get it to a point where we didn't have to move any of the residents, which was good. Didn't disrupt operations. Water had leaked from the ninth floor down to the command center on the third floor, but the damage was minimal. The Clayton Fire Department responded and were able to shut the water off within 10 minutes. Sean Malone at KMOX News. Lost power meant no heat across St. Louis over the weekend. That was true for Samantha Stangle at Maryland Heights and 3,400 other people in that area, according to Amron. She woke up Sunday morning with no heat. I'm from a small town in Iowa. Like, you know, like we're built a little bit differently in the North Midwest. But I have a three-year-old. Stengel is the executive director for House Everyone STL. And although she had a sister's house to go to for relief, she knows there are those who are without. Jokes aside about being from Iowa, it is shockingly cold outside. Daytime warming centers at Unfailing Love Church and St. Paul's Episcopal Church are now 24-hour shelters. We're helping to support keeping them open um, while we get through this cold snap. So they've, they've already been operational and will continue to be while the community need is present. Stuart McMillan, KMOX News. Signs that indicate a propensity to domestic violence now include animal abuse. That's what Jefferson County police officers learned at a recent training hosted by the Humane Society. Lieutenant Matt Moore. When we go to a domestic violence call, we need to talk to the victim, and the victim lives at home with the suspect. The victim may be reluctant to talk to us. We may not get the full story, but if we start looking around and see, hey, there's some abused animals here that could be some indicators that we need to ask more questions. Moore says many domestic victims see their animals as allies through the violence and refuse to leave them behind with their abuser. He says it can also be hard to find domestic violence shelters that will accept both the victim and their pets, which could also influence why they stay. While the state struggles to find health care workers, Missouri is seeing a lot of students graduate from medical school. Dr. Heidi Millers, the chief medical officer for the state, tells KMOX the issue is the lack of residency spots. Even though we are ninth in the nation, in generating medical school graduates. Um, we don't have enough residency slots to continue to train them um, in order for them to, to stay uh, after completing their training. Dr. Miller says the state is making a greater effort to help create more residency slots to help retain those graduates as workers. As the Cardinals continue to build their roster this offseason, where does their focus lie, free agency or the trade market? John Mosellock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations, says at the moment he's focused on free agency. Really our focus right now is more on the free agent market, um, not seeing a whole lot of things that line up for us in the trade market at this point. Mosellock says this is still an active period for the team and adds there's always something that can be done. The average gas price remains unchanged in the St. Louis metro. That's according to Gas Buddy's weekly survey of nearly 1,000 stations. The price stayed steady at 284 per gallon. Missouri's average is 265, the national average 304. 
Gas Buddy analyst Patrick Dehan says the situation involving militants in the Red Sea has caused prices to go up and fall back down over a week's time. Brad Choate, KMOX News. A surprise notice today that Midtown Restaurant Southern, known for its Nashville hot chicken, has closed permanently. Southern is owned by the people who are also behind Pappy's and Bogart smokehouses. Co-owner John Matthews told St. Louis Magazine's George Mayhew that business never bounced back after the pandemic and the amount of sales were not financially viable. He says some of the items from the restaurant will be available in the near future as catered boxed lunches. The KMOX Business Desk. This just in. The Federal Aviation Administration is investigating a ground collision of two Boeing planes in Chicago. Federal air safety officials say a plane taxiing for departure clipped another aircraft at Chicago O'Hare International Airport on Sunday evening. No injuries were reported. Both planes were Boeing design. The left-wing tip of an all-Nippon Airways Boeing 777 jet struck the rear of a Delta Airlines Boeing 717 airliner. American aircraft manufacturer Boeing faces increasing scrutiny following a series of mechanical failures and subsequent grounding of its Boeing 737 MAX 9. An emergency exit door on that model failed and caused an emergency landing last week. It's not immediately clear what caused the latest incident. I'm Norman Hall. Well, as we continue on KMOX with the news, Illinois Attorney General Kwame Raoul is pleased about action that's been taken when it comes to utility shutoffs during extreme weather, like the cold that we're experiencing right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, um, the Public Utilities Act previously had a, 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 a sort of a, a threshold of 95 degrees as the uh, degree in which if uh, the temperature exceeds 95 degrees, a utility company could not shut off um, uh, the uh, electricity or the gas uh, or, or whatever the utility is for um, that it might be a uh, 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 rate payer might be delinquent on. And this is important in particular for seniors and and for those with uh, young children, for those that might have hypertension or other um, pre-existing conditions that might lend them vulnerable to heat stroke. Uh, what we did uh, realize is that there were only a few days uh, within a period, I think, between maybe May and October of uh, 2022, or maybe only five days that exceeded 95 degrees. Um, and uh, in a period between October 21 and October 2022, there was a 26% increase in shutoff. Meanwhile, uh, there, was na- there was a number of deaths, particularly of seniors, um, because of heat exposure. And, and so uh, the new law uh, reduces the level to 90 degrees that um, we use as a threshold. And it, it, it's a means of uh, saving lives. Um, and I think it's a reasonable, well-balanced uh, law that uh, does not shift uh, the burden on to other ratepayers because um, uh, the impact is uh, the financial impact is de minimis. Something else that's uh, just been in the news uh, while we've got you on the phone. Anything new, or what is the latest um, with uh, the NCAA? Yeah, we're we're at a state now where uh, a point now where um, um, the transfer restrictions. Uh, are on hold, and we will um, 
you know, the case will continue. But uh, for now, the transfer restrictions are, are on hold. Our concern was uh, um, the fact that NCAA uh, was acting inconsistently, right? we allege, and we experienced it with the uh, a student that uh, we acted, we acted on, uh, we communicated with the NCA on behalf of at uh, Southern Illinois University, um, and we thought that his uh, family circumstances uh, dictated that uh, the NCAA should uh, waive um, their requirement to to sit out a year in, in in his circumstance, and they they declined after we appealed to them, and uh, whereas they they. Uh, they made uh, they they waived it in other cases, and so the inconsistency and the the ability for NCAA to just act in a way that um, uh, is inconsistent with um, with looking out for the best interests of these student athletes. Um, we thought it was important to to challenge this and to make certain that um, they they are not acting in a way where. That creates a sort of unfair competition. Do you think it's time for Congress to do something, and, and what, what do you think that could be? It's hard to say specifically where to drill out. The, the, the landscape in NCAA uh, uh, sports is, has dramatically changed in the recent years with, uh, with name and likeness, compensation, and uh, transfer portals and so forth. So uh, it is a topic that I do believe that uh, needs uh, wide discussion. The amount of money being uh, made by by the NCAA and by others um, involved in uh, intercollegiate sports um, creates a circumstance where uh, you know more eyes on it and make sure making sure that students are aren't unfairly taken advantage of. And that certain institutions are not at, at a disadvantage uh, to others. Uh, we need to, we need to put a put a magnifying glass on it. Well, that SIU case is uh, right in our backyard here in the the St. Louis metro. So definitely local impact. Most definitely, and it uh, and it's not limited to to SIU. It's happening all over the country, and certainly we need to protect all of our higher. Uh, education institutions, as well as more, more importantly, protecting the student athlete. Anything else that your your office is up to? Well, we we certainly are continuing a very high priority that we have this year. Continuing from last year, is focusing on social media platforms and the harms that they've caused to children, and we've been engaged. Um, with uh, two platforms so far, there are other platforms that we will be looking at, but we certainly have um, a file suit with regards to Meta. Um, we've been engaged with TikTok, and there are other platforms that we will be looking at in the future um, in the interest of protecting our children. What is the big, because we've heard so much on so many different points when it comes to these social media companies. Um, can you give a, just a little bit of detail on what your concern is? Certainly, um, there and and it's a wide-ranging concern. It's a, we there are instances of sleep deprivation. Um, there's cyberbullying, monopolization of of, of our, our young children's time, exposure to uh, inappropriate information and materials. There's um, exposure to uh, illicit drugs being uh, sold on 
on on on platforms and then introduced to children on platforms and so uh we think that uh, the platforms themselves bear responsibility uh, to self police and to uh, take responsibility to make sure that they empower uh parents and um to to have greater control uh, and greater knowledge of what their children are being exposed to Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe and stay up to date by searching for St. Louis All Local on your favorite podcast app.